Woo! All right. Uh, can you guys hear me? All right. Let me lift this up a little bit more. All right. Okay. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Thank you all for joining. Super Chats are open if you want to donate there. And patreon.com slash bwrosis. $1 tier gets you recognition and shout-out. $3 tier gets you recognition, shout-out, and exclusive video content you can't get anywhere else except for Patreon and for a limited time at divanart.com under the BVW1979 um, you know, account. Catches, you got to have your account under the uh, you got to have a DeviantArt account is what I'm trying to say. And on top of that um, as well, not only do you have to have a DeviantArt account, uh, my friends, not only do you have to have a DeviantArt account, it has to be set under the mature uh, settings. So, with that said, as I try to link this up without any problems, that says, you see the title, you know what we're going to talk about here, guys. We've talked about it before. And, you know, it's bare, you know, it bears repeating. It bears, you know, repeating. It's, but, you know, the thing is, it's just something that, the more you think about it, it's still hard to believe, you know, that they went and did this. You know, it really, it really is like it's hard, it's hard to believe, if that you know they went this far and did it. You know, it. <coughs> excuse me. It's really. You know, blows I think blows the minds, um, if you will, of you know the fact that ten years ago, ten years ago, and and, and I'll explain why it's ten years. You know, start, officially starting with the end of this month, going into next month. You know why that is. You know why that is, and everything. Um, as I do this here, just a moment, folks. All right. So, yeah, you know, it's hard to believe that it's 
it's been about 10, 10 years officially next month. And the reason that is, is because when you look back at, you know, you look back at history, if you will, if you've been a subscriber and a fan of the comic and the franchise overall, like I have, uh, when you look back on it, it's, you know, it, the, the fact that 231 started around the end of November, going into December, but mainly the end of November. And then you look at 230, you look at 231 at the end of November, 230 in October, 230, I mean, 229 in September, 228 in August, 227 in July, 226 in June, 225 uh, in May, which is next month. It's hard to believe that this all started, this all started, like I said in this uh, description, it all started with ce- with a celebration, overall celebration. Oh, basically, oh, yeah, an overall celebration of Sonic's overall 20th anniversary of the franchise, as well as celebrating his 225th issue under the Archie license as a comic book franchise, as a comic book portion of that franchise. It's it's hard to believe that this all started with this, and of course that led in to um, that led in, of course, into the um, Sonic Genesis arc, that four part arc, uh, if you will, that led us into two thirty. That led us into that final panel in two thirty, that final page, which led us into two thirty one. So, you know, it's hard to believe that starting at the end of this month and the beginning of next month is it's basically going to be ten years since this whole Mecha Sally arc was officially started, and it all began basically, like I said, was a celebration of Sonic's overall twentieth anniversary as a franchise, his celebration of two hundred twenty-five issues as a comic here in the U.S. And it still boggles the mind, folks. It still boggles the mind when you really think about it. Of you know, of how crazy this was, um, if you will. How crazy, you know, this really was. Because it's like, why? Why would you want to do a comic? You know, why would you want to go and, and do a story arc for this length of time? It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean. One thing I always give Linkara credit when he talks about story arcs is at least he gives a you know a true behind the scenes explanation as to why said story arcs are happening you know the way they are you know at least he gives <coughs> you know you know a straight out reasoning you know as to why the creators wanted to go down certain routes with the comic you know and do it and do them in a way to where they at least tried to make them make some sense, if you know what I mean. But here, it's like, this is a story arc, when you really think about it, didn't have, and I've said this before, here on camera and in and in written form, this is something that really didn't need to go, you know, as long as it did. I mean, when you count the main book, 31 or the ending of 30, if you will, and fully 31, when you count the main book and you count the numerous issues of the spinoff universe, Sonic Universe, 
you are looking essentially at two years, two years of story, two years, which was unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. And you know why it was unnecessary? Because if this one thing, going back to Lynn Carr, and hopefully you'll be watching this later, one thing I can give Lewis a lot of credit on, Lewis Lovehog, a lot of credit on, is at least he points out the fact that sometimes these so-called gaming, game-changing uh, stories in these comics that he reviews sometimes, these events, they don't last that long. They only last like four or five issues, six issues at most, and that's it. <clears throat> that's it. You know, and that's good enough. Unless, of course, the, 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 unless the story of the comic is an ongoing space opera and everything, um, if you will. The continuity is basically the same as, when, as, as to when the comic first began. That's one exception. That's one exception. And yes, the continuity here is pretty much, the continuity in the original Archie Sonic one has pretty much been the same since about, oh, I'd say, I don't know, issue 25. Since uh, since issue twenty five, since the or even before that, since the Princess Sally three part miniseries, it's pretty much been the same. You know, there was there was no need to say, "Hey, I want to, I, I want to do a, a two, nearly two young two year arc arc to freshen things up." You could have easily done that within the span of four to six issues, maybe an additional four to six with the spinoff. You could have done it then. You could have done it that way, and it would have worked better. And that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, I'm not – look, I'm not saying that the, the arc didn't start out promising. It did. It had a lot of promise. You know, just the way it was being, you know, focused on, being, you know, you know written at times. It had a lot of promise. But here's the thing. Here's what hurt it. All right? Here is what Heard it. Excuse me. Here's what hurt it. What hurt it basically was the fact, and this is the absolute truth, it got repetitive. It got it got repetitive, guys. It got repetitive. You know, it was Basically, as soon as they split into two into two teams, Team Freedom and Team Fighters, it got repetitive. You know, you know, it, it got repetitive, and it was like, okay, when are you going to change things up? When are you going to make things different? They never did. It got repetitive. And to me, this is what really hurt the story overall, potentially. You know, from being really, really good. It got repetitive. And like I said, I'm not saying that it didn't start out with promise. It did. But when you start getting repetitive, I think that's basically a sign of the fact that maybe you shouldn't have planned to go as long as you wanted to. Because guess what? Going as long as you wanted to, it didn't help your cause. Heck, it didn't even 
his thing, it didn't even help the book. It didn't help the book. Because in the end, what did you have to do? What did you have to do? I'll tell you what you had to do. I'll tell you what you had to do. You had to basically end the story prematurely. You had to end the story prematurely. And why? Why did you have to end it prematurely, you might ask? Because you didn't count all your eggs in one basket. That's why. <coughs> you didn't count all your eggs into one basket. That's what happened. You thought you could do something without any problems. And you didn't take into consideration that the, some of the key elements and some of the key characters you would need in the story were not going to be available to you when you would need them to be. You didn't take into account, you know, the unexpected can happen. This is why you should always, always take a story arc, an event comic like this, an event arc like this, and basically reduce it. Don't try to make a magnum opus out of it. Because over time, it gets repetitive and people start to lose interest. I mean, look at the mental virus arc. Potentially, it turned out, it started out good. It started out great. We, and, and, and the fact that, you know, once in a while, you would have a, a semi-major, if not secondary character, get infected, thus creating more drama and more intrigue for it. That was great and everything. That, you know, that did put, you know, that did put eyes on the product. But overall, when it started to get repetitive, people started to lose interest. Yeah, they got more, they gained more intrigue and interest when you started to do things that they probably didn't expect, like the, you know, like the Deadly Six taking over and taking command, and or the, the Zombots basically, you know, turning against Eggman and stuff, or Sterling basically figuring out that his idol wasn't who, everything he was cracked up to be. I mean, yeah, you did a few things here and there. But what basically made it into kind of a, a mixture of criticism from people was the fact that you were being repetitive at times. Again, once in a while, you would have a semi-major secondary character get infected, and that's great. But then in the end, it just kept being repetitive. And that's what was happening here. This is why when you, you know, this is why you shouldn't be doing these kind of stories for the long term. I mean, if you're going to have people start losing interest during, you know, the reading of what was supposed to be your made, your biggest story arc out of the IDW run, the one that potentially had the potentially had the most, you know, going for it to be successful, if you're going to start having them losing interest because you're being repetitive there, how do you think those same fans and newer fans that followed you there felt about the Mechaselli arc? They felt it was being repetitive. And they were starting to lose interest. And again, this is why when you do these kind of game-changing events, game-changing stories, you should do them with a limit of four to six issues at most. And if you have you know, tie-in comics or supporting comics, do the same thing, four to six issues. And guess what? Combine-wise, you have eight 
issues to a year's worth of issues. Uh, eight issues to a year's worth of story. You don't. You don't continuously keep going on and on and on and on and on, if you will. I mean, here's the thing. Once Ian Flynn probably got word that, oh, I'm not going to probably have the, um, what's the word? I'm probably not going to have the resources I need or the characters I need, you know, to help complete my story. I'm not going to have that soon. What do I do? Oh, here's an idea. Don't do it. Let me uh, check something here, guys. Okay, I was just making sure it's working. Like I said, here's an idea. Don't do it. Don't continue the story if you know eventually you're not going to have access to those characters, you know, whatsoever. Don't do it. What you do if you want to make sure you have access to those characters, either put those characters on in earlier, either insert those characters earlier on in the story so that you get them in there and out of the way, or, again, you shorten the story. You shorten the story. I'm, I'm, again, I go back to Linkara. I go back to Linkara. Linkara, last year for his 600th episode, did Sins Past, a story that took place before the infamous One More Day. And here's the thing. Sins Past? Sins Past was supposed to be a game changer, and before One More Day, it was. It was a game changer, but guess what? Sins Past didn't have to go over... Didn't have to go for a year or a year and a half or two years with a story. It didn't have to have a year's worth or over two years or nearly two years of issues to tell a story. They they basically had the time amounted allotted that they needed issue wise to tell what they needed and then move on. They didn't have to go like, oh, I wanna I wanna keep this going for this long. I, I want <coughs> oh, excuse me. Got some allergies here, but oh, I, I, I want to keep this going for this song. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to get people's in- interest. Look, you can get people's interest, but you don't have to go for so long. You don't. You really don't. And you know, speaking of Sonic, let me let me give you an example here. Ken Penders. Ken Penders did Endgame. Did Ken Penders have to do a year and a half, two years worth of story just to tell, you know, just to tell us what Endgame was about? Did he have to use a year and a half to two years worth of issues? No. Four issues. Five issues if you count the issue before it. Four to five issues. That was it. That was it. And guess what? What he couldn't tell, um, if you will, if what he couldn't tell or what he couldn't present the way he wanted, guess what Ken did? He used backup stories and future issues to tell that story through flashback, to, do the, to tell those parts through flashback, I should say, to tell those parts through flashback. And, and on top of that, he was able to get an issue of the Sonic Super Special comic, the 48-page you know, monthly or bi-monthly, uh, tri-monthly uh, comics, if you will, 
he was excuse me he was able to secure he was able to secure one of them to give us a director's cut of Endgame, of the of the final part of Endgame. That's what he was able to do. And guess what? Within the initial original five to four issues of that story arc, including the director's cut that came out about a year or two later, guess what? He was able to convey everything he needed to convey to us as the viewers within that short span, within that short amount of issues. That's what he was able to do. And hello, Garrett Warren. Thank you for joining. But like I said, that's what he was able to do. He was able to take those four to five initial issues of the Endgame saga, convey what he needed to convey to us through that, and then when he had the opportunity presented to him to take one of the 48-page super specials and do a director's cut of the final part, that's all he needed. He didn't need to expand it for as long as he did. Now, I know some people might say, well, what about the Sonic Adventure adaption they did? What about that world tour that Sonic and Tails did? Look, the, the world tour that Sonic and Tails did, yeah, I'll admit that was long, and it had things in there that connected them all together. But guess what? The way they presented it, it felt like they were their own individual issues, even though they did have a constant continuity connecting them you know, together as one. It, they still felt as if they were their own thing, and that was it. You know, and as far as the Sonic Adventure adaption they did, yeah, that was a long one too, but it wasn't as long as this. They were able to convey what they needed in, what was it, six to eight issues, including a super special, and that was it. Eight to, six to eight issues, including the super special, they were able to convey what they needed. They didn't have to wait, or they didn't have to utilize... A year and a, a year, a year and a half to nearly two years worth of comics of issues to convey a story. They didn't have to do that. Four to six issues, eight at the most, is probably the best you can do. And you would have been able to convey your story. You would have been able to get your message across. But no, Ian Flynn. What did Ian Flynn have to do? Ian Flynn wanted to create a magnum opus, prove that he was probably superior. You know, when it came to being a head comic book writer, you know, when it came to the Sonic comics, and look, no offense, Ian has shown, I will give him credit, Ian has shown that he has what it takes to give us great storytelling. I'm not going to deny him that. I mean, these here, these soft reboot stories, are some of the best he's done. It's some of the best he's done. So I'll give him credit there. But the thing is, you know, you can do great stories like this. But doing something like the Mecha Sally arc for as long as you did and being repetitive isn't the way to go. It isn't. I mean, yeah, this thing lasted from what, two, initially 252 to 287, right? But guess what? It was consistent. There was no repetitiveness. There wasn't. There was no more repetitiveness whatsoever in that. It's just like the world tour deal 
back when Ken Pendris did that, it felt like some of the issues, even though they would be multi-part, felt like their own individual things, even though they were all tied together as one continuity. They didn't feel like there was something wrong about it. They didn't feel like something was unnecessarily being thrown unnecessarily being thrown at us in a repetitive way. Even with these issues going for as long as they did, they were able to convey to us, to us, within the span of 35 issues in total. 35 issues in total, including some Sonic Universe ones, they were able to convey to us within the span of four years, maybe, mainly, four years, three and a half, four years, something that was consistent, something that felt fresh, something that felt, you know, non-repetitive. And guess what? At times, felt like they were their own individual issues, even though they were part of a continuity, but it didn't feel like it at times. And the thing is, when it came to the Mecha Sally arc, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Again, like I said, it had the potential to be good. But it kept dragging on. It's the same thing with the Metal Virus arc. It had potentials throughout to be good, to pick up and gain people's interest. Guess what? But guess what? It wasn't doing... It started to basically... You know, fall off the cliff because it was getting repetitive. Every once in a while, you have a secondary, ma- semi-major character getting infected. Oh, great, that's cool. But na- but but then what? What happens next? You end up doing the same thing. You end up getting repeating. You end up repeating yourself. Oh, the the, the Zombots are turning on Eggman. Oh, the Deadly Six are taking over. That's great. Hey, more intrigue. Hey, I'm interested now. But then guess what? You get repetitive again by having people infected. Point is, the Mecha Sally arc didn't have to go for as long as it did. Now, I'm not going to, you know, come on here live and not deny that I was not a fan of it initially. I wasn't. Heck, a lot of you know that have been following this channel know that basically I didn't open up any of the issues until the end of 247. Yeah. Or initially when I got 247, I didn't open up any issues. And what I did, what did I do? I read through them on camera. You can check that out here. I read through them on camera here on this channel. And what I read, okay, look, I thought it was good. I thought it was okay. I saw potential. But what I also saw what was dragging it on and causing people to lose interest was the repetitiveness that I mentioned. And you can't do that. And when you look back on it 10 years 10 years now, 10 years ago, I look at a story that had the potential to be good, but could have been conveyed and told within the span of four to six to maybe eight issues at the most. And if you want to include the Sonic Universe, you know, comic, you know, the spinoff there to help tell it even more so, same thing, four, four, six to eight issues at most would have helped. Would would have beneficial or would have benefit, I should say, enough to convey the story you wanted to convey. And in total, you could have had eight to twelve to sixteen issues total between the two to help convey and tell the story you wanted to tell. 
But Ian didn't do that. Ian wanted to continue doing this. He wanted to continue basically doing this. He wanted to continue doing that. He wanted to do this. He wanted to do that. And look, I get the and, and look, before anybody gets on me, let me let me explain. Let me let me say this. And hello, Furby Dude and Dylan. Thank you for joining in the live chat. Again, guys, super chats are open if you want to donate. Uh, but anyway, like I said, let me let me let me say something, okay? Let me say something before anybody gets on me about it during this or after this. Okay, during this live or after this live. Okay, let, let me say this. I understand and respect what Ian wanted to do. He felt that, you know, the Freedom Fighters, as they were, you know, needed needed a new coat of paint. They needed a makeover. They needed freshening up, you know, because he felt that they were losing the fans. He felt they would be the interest was being lost on them. So he knew. So basically, he believed they needed a new, fresh coat of paint. A new start, if you will, a makeover, whatever the case may be, a new fresh beginning, if you will. So I get that. I get I get and understand why he initially wanted to do this. But here's the thing. You could have easily, and this is the absolute truth, you could have easily told this story, like I said, within the span of four to eight issues at the most. Four to eight issues, excuse me, four to eight issues at the most, mainly because of the fact that when you look, excuse me there again, when you look at what Ken Penders did with Endgame, which was looked at and could still consider a game changer, when you take a look at what he did, you know, if you will, even going in to the, you know, the 125 situation and all that. When you take a look at what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to accomplish within some of those short spans of stories, guess what? He didn't have to oversaturate. He didn't have to overdo. He didn't have to take issue after issue after issue and be repetitive. He basically focused on what he wanted to focus on and tell and basically help tell the story and he went with it. He didn't have to keep dragging it on. He didn't. He focused on what he wanted to do and he was done with it. Even when he was focusing a lot more on the Knuckles comics, guess what? He didn't say, Hey, I want to do a year's worth of one story arc in the Knuckles comic and be done with it. I don't want to do anything else. No. He took three to four issues of Knuckles, told what he, took those issues, wrote what he wrote down what he wanted to focus on to tell the story, and went from there. He didn't take a year. He didn't take a year. All right. And and, the, and the, here's the thing. Here's the, here's what's interesting. All right, Ian, you initially, you initially, if you will took the Sonic Genesis story, which was kind of a retelling, you know, if you will, a soft reboot, a very soft reboot at the time, of how everybody came together as a group, right? It was a retelling of Sonic 1 to 3, or Sonic 1 to 2. Okay, fine. That's great. 
You're also t- retelling in your own way of how the Freedom Fighters came together, or whatever the case may be. That's great. You were able to convey that, and you were able to connect it to the story. That's great. That's terrific. But guess what? After that, you overdid it. And you know what really, you know what really pissed a lot of people off? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you in a moment. I gotta go. Get, gotta go turn on some lights. I'll be right back. Sorry about that. I had to take his antics there. I wants to turn on some lights. It's getting a little dark now. We're getting there. But anyway, what was I? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you know what the... You know what the craziest thing about this was that really got under my skin and under a lot of fans' skin, if you will. Even though we understand, you know, there was a reasoning for it. Like I said, you know, Ian, he had good intentions. He wanted to, you know, basically, you know, get the characters freshened up. He wanted to give them a makeover. We get that. But you know what really ticked a lot of fans off? Was what he did with Sally. I mean, Sally is looked at as one of the more intelligent characters and one of the more beloved characters in the franchise. And what does Ian Flynn decide to do? He decides to take a page out of what Ken Penders did in issue 29 and have her roboticized. Now, I get it. I get let me Let me stop people right here. I get why a lot of people, and even Ian Flynn, felt there was a need to do it. It was to redeem her for all the actions that she had done beforehand. You know, kind of all not only redeem her in the eyes of fans, but also show them 
those that never liked the character that, hey, she is exactly what people say she is. She is a selfless individual. She is a caring individual. She's not a Mary Sue. And if this was an example of this, if this moment at the end of 2.30 where she sacrificed herself to save the planet was a way of basically undoing anybody's thoughts on her being a Mary Sue, then I don't know if it worked. Because honestly, you know, there may have been some people that changed their tone about her and said, oh, yeah, that's cool. Maybe she's not as bad as we think. No, people didn't change their tone about her. They still felt she was a Mary Sue. Because only a Mary Sue would be like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for my people. I'm going to, I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice and, and do this. Yes, I, yes, I get it. I, I get what people are going to tell me. You know, well, Sonic did the same thing in 125. Yeah, I get it. And yes, it does mirror Sonic's sacrifice. But guess what? Sonic didn't get roboticized. He was blown 83,000 freaking light years away into another galaxy where he ended up meeting and reuniting with Tails' parents. This here is nothing like that. This is basically somebody, yes, sacrificing themselves for their planet, for their loved ones, but also allowing themselves to become a mindless killer slave to their enemy that they sworn to defeat and free the planet from. That's what happened. And honestly, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and others have said this too. Sally having Nicole re- Sally having Nicole recalibrate recalibrate the lace of the global roboticizer uh, beam. Having Sally, having having Sally, you know, ask Nicole to je- tell Nicole to recalibrate the beam to the location so it doesn't hit the planet. And, and, what 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 sense does that make? I mean, to 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 pay for, I mean, even Linkara, Linkara, if he did a review on this, he'd be like. That, that that make no sense. That makes no sense. Because you know, if you're gonna, if you're able to have your IA, if you're able to have your AI best friend, your AI BFF, recalibrate the beam in any direction you need, then might not just decide of the freaking ship, have it blast into the sky and be it. It it doesn't doesn't make sense. I mean, like I said, even the car would look at that and be like, "Well, if you can, if she has the power to do that, why not just have her recalibrated to blast, you know, on the side of the ship into the sky? That way, there's no freaking sacrifice needed." It's like. It's like Ian, again, he had all the best intentions, 
But this is this wasn't the best way to do it. You still could have had Sally survive. You still could have had a and Sonic flee the Death Egg, foil Eggman's plans, and guess what? You still could have found a way to do everything else you wanted to do to get oh I don't know the Freedom Fighters freshened up, the Freedom Fighters given a new makeover, the Freedom Fighters given a new leash on life, a new beginning. You could have done that, but no, no. No, he didn't want to do it that way. He wanted to basically do something that was unnecessary. Yes, I get it. You want to use Sally's sacrifice as an example of, hey, those of you that thought she was a Mary Sue and everything, and she wasn't, you know, you know, and she wasn't flawed or anything, guess what? You're wrong. Here she's sacrificing herself. She's doing something that she shouldn't do. Ooh, and anything, but she's doing it. There's other ways of getting around that. And again, again, I, I said this before, I'll say it again. Ken Penders. Ken Penders was in the span of four to five issues, including the director's cut out of Sonic Super out of one of the Sonic Super Special issues, was able to convey his story, his gaming changing story in that span. He didn't take up Nearly two years of the main, uh, <laughs> nearly two years of the main comic. Excuse me, that kind of allergies. <clears throat> he didn't take up nearly two years overall of both the main comic and its secondary comic to try to convey the story. He didn't. It's it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And you know what's funny is Ian Flynn's no no stranger to this, but guess what? When Ian Flynn did the <coughs> When Ian Flynn did the Iron Dominion arc, excuse me there. When Ian Flynn did that, guess what? Yeah, that was a year. That was about a year's worth of story, if you will. A year and a half if you count the journey to the east part in Sonic Universe. But guess what? Guess what? At least it wasn't repetitive. It was consistent. It was in that span of, what was it, 16 issues overall? Between both, you were able to tell a story. You were repetitive. And guess what? That's 12, 12 issues of the main and four issues of the spin. That's nothing compared to what he did here. This was mainly 17 issues of pandering of the main issue of the main book. The main book. 17 issues. And then four and the four issues or something like that. Four or something issues of the other one. And maybe two issues as well. So six issues in total. Six. Almost two years. Two years. Even even DC and Marvel don't do that. IDW doesn't do that. Dark Horse doesn't do that. Two years. Two years. And, and I know some people might say, well, he was also working on other projects. Well, guess what? If Ian Flynn was working on other projects, I think anybody watching this at... You know, right now, live or watching it afterwards would agree. Guess what? Get other people to write the book for you. 
That way you don't have to drag it out for so long. <clears throat> Hello to everybody joining me here in the live chat. So, you know, uh, currently, thank you all for joining me here. And Super Chats are open if you want to donate, guys. But, yeah, it's like, you, you don't, you didn't have to drag it out for so freaking long. I mean, Endgame is one of the more beloved classics, and I hate going back to it, but it's true. Endgame is one of the more beloved arcs there. And guess what? Four issues, four to five issues, including the freaking super special telling, telling being a director's cut of the final part of that four part, four to four part initial um, story arc. Guess what? Conveyed was everything was conveyed within that span. You don't have to drag them out. <sighs> and then on top of that, he, on top of that. What does he do to, to basically try to get the Freedom Fighters rebuilt? He takes Sally, has a robotic, how's it, has it get roboticized? Then has it get weaponized? Oh, and by the way, the weaponization of Sally, talk about debate. There's some of us, including myself, that, you know, argue, oh, Eggman built armor over her initial body. While others are like, oh, no, he didn't build armor on her. He gutted her. And you know why they say he gutted her? Because one of the last things they see in one of the backup stories of an issue is Eggman taking a freaking blowtorch to, to Sally. <laughs> it's, 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 it's stupid. It's stupid. It's, and, and then if that's not enough, oh, let's, let's have Sally attack New Mobile Tropolis. And oh, by the way, let's have Antoine sacrifice himself I'll get his face nearly blown. Get half his face blown off. Oh, and end up and end up in a damn coma for who knows how long. And oh, oh, on top of that, let let's have Bunny get crystallized and doing Nogus's way of decrystallizing her to show the people, hey, I'm a good king. I take care of my people. He de-roboticizes her. What? 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 What sense does that make? What what sense does that all make? You want to put the Freedom Fighters through the ups and downs. Guess what? You have Nagus use his magic to turn the people against them. And in that way, you rebuild them that way. You have them, you have them come together and realize that maybe they need to start over. Maybe they need a new beginning. Maybe they need to rebuild themselves. You don't take them down this dark and dreary path. You don't. You 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 don't you don't take them down this dark and dreary path. It's I mean you you know what's funny guys? You know what's funny? One of the most popular shows back in the 90s, and even to this day, which you can find on Disney Plus, is X-Men. 
And there are adaptions of the Dark Phoenix Saga, the Phoenix Saga, if you will, were good. They may have not been true, straight out adaptions of the story, but they were good enough. But And guess what? They didn't have to over convey it. They didn't. I mean, you want a good example of a story in comic form that was a game changer, but didn't need to be extended for so long? Let me show you. Let me show you. And you know, it's funny that it's funny that Linkara did. I was rewatching Linkara's 600th episode of Sin, where he was reading Sin's past. Let me let me let me show you a story that didn't need to go so long to really be a game changer within the issue. Guess what? Guess what story that was? Oh, oh, I don't know. How about how about the uh uh, uh what's it, what is it? Let's see. Oh, that's right. I think it's in here somewhere. Oh, that's right. How about it's the issue, oh, I don't know, of that. Yeah, the conclusion was in two part. What was it? It was called Turning Point. That's the issue back then that basically led to a game-changing moment. And guess what? They didn't have to go over so many issues, if you will. They didn't have to do so many issues, if you will, to tell that story. They didn't have to go that many issues. They took only two, three issues, and that was it. That was it. The thing is, when I look back at this, when I look back at this 10 years later, again, I see the potential it had. And here's the thing. It had potential. But stories like this had potential to be good, and they were good, and they were game changers. The Mecha Sally arc Potential will be good and be a game changer. Guess what? It failed. It failed in all areas. Because you don't have to take... Because let me also explain something about the Sonic comic. Let me, let, let me explain something. Let me see. I think Ian Flynn completely forgot about this. It's an all-ages comic. Yeah. Just like My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. A lot of adults grew up with it. A lot of adults got into it. But initially, it's an all-ages comic. Basically, what that means is don't be so dark. Don't be so dreary. Just find that perfect balance. And he couldn't do that. He had to basically try to get it in the leagues of stories like this. 
And this was only two, three issues. Like I said, it was two. Like I said, it was two to three issues. Heck, one of the comics that then Carter also reviewed uh, this year or last year was Revo- was Revolution. That four part arc with the Hasbro s- stories, Hasbro franchises. Did did IDW need to to go a year and a half, two years with that? No, four issues. They were able to convey what they needed. Yeah, good point, Dylan. I'll talk about that in a moment. But like I said, four issues. They didn't have to do they didn't have to convey all that. I mean not not convey but four issues is all it took for them to convey what they needed in a revolution. And, and you know what's funny about this? Again, I go back to what I said at the start. Ian Flynn, he didn't take any, take a lot of things into account, did he? He didn't take a lot of things into account when it came to what he wanted to do. Because I remember, and I'm sure some of you watching live right now, and some of you watching later on would agree. And if not, remember this as well. Ian Flynn, Ian Flynn initially had a cover made up for one of the issues. And on the bottom right-hand corner of that comic was Julie Sue and Amy Rose back-to-back. Guess what happened? Because he didn't take anything into consideration as to what could happen during this year-long run with the, com- with the story arc, this initial planning, if you will, Guess what happened? Guess what happened? He had to basically re-edit, rewrite, redo his story, and the comic that had Julie Sue back-to-back with Amy Rose had to be re-edited to where it was just Amy Rose. And that was it. And why? Because he didn't take into consideration that something might happen. Now, I know some people would say, oh, well, Brian, he probably didn't see that coming. You know, neither and neither did Archie Comics. Archie Comics should have known the first time Ken Penders got on them for not paying him royalties. They should have known that it wasn't the end. That wouldn't be the end. That there was more to come. And guess what? There was. Archie Comics should have had everything set up and accounted for so they could prove they had the rights to utilize his characters. But they didn't do that. They lost the documents. So guess what? Because Archie Comics wasn't prepped and ready 
And because Ian Flynn didn't take the responsibility in action to ask if there was anything he needed to know before he went forward with this or continued with it. Certain characters got cut out. Key characters, possibly. So, what happens in the end? What happens because of the fact that he wants to do this, but finally realizes he can't? Well, we got a crossover between another Archie-licensed comic, Mega Man, a Capcom property. Why don't we put these two together? And why don't we put them together now? I mean, yes, I'll admit, Sega and Capcom were already in talks to make the crossover happen. And I'm guaranteeing you, in a sense, maybe it was going to be its own individual series. You know, on its own, no connection to the main books. But because of the fact that Ken Penders, not Ken Penders, but Ian Flynn, didn't take into consideration of asking with a, asking about what he needed to know just in case something came up, what happened? They had to take that crossover and split it into multiple parts across all three books instead of initially keeping it as its own individual miniseries, which I think was the original plan, although I know they'll probably deny it. And what does he you and what does he do? What does Ian Flynn do to kind of rectify all this at the end of it? He decides, let's have a third Genesis wave. Oh, and let's have this third Genesis wave be a soft freaking reboot of the book. And this is how we bring back the Freedom Fighters. Now, like I said earlier. I will give him initial credit. When we got that second wave, we got, oh, not that second, but that third Genesis wave that led into this, I'll give him credit. This is probably the best he's done. It's probably the best he's done because you know why? He had nothing to worry about. Yes, it's wrong that we don't have the characters we thought would be part of this. We were hoping we'd be part of this for the long run. But he did give us some of the best work in a while. I'll give him that. I will give him that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He could have gave us this long before this all broke down. The moment he found out that there was not a chance he was going to be able to use any of the initial characters he wanted to use or any initial ideas, that's when he should have basically said, you know what, I'm going to cut this short. I'm going to do, the, I'm going to do something here, whether it's a crossover with Mega Man early or not. I'm going to do something here that's going to lead us into that. And there you go. End of discussion. Simplified. Don't keep dragging it on. But he did. He did. <laughs> and you know, again, I'll give him credit. He tried to rebound with this. I'll give him that. But the excuses, 
that he would make about why certain changes were made. It's like, who is Ian Flynn? Who's Ian Flynn? Who's Aaliyah Baker? Who's any of them that were part of this fooling? Huh? Who, are these, who do they think they were fooling? Oh, uh, like Olita, part of the Wolfpack, they were initially the ones originally that Sonic, Amy, and Tails were going to meet up with. B.S. Hershey was the one they were going to meet up with. Everybody knows that. You know, you know, I'm not surprised that Ian Flynn took a break to go work on other projects during the IDW run. Because I'll give an honest opinion. An honest opinion. I think he started to get a sense of deja vu. And that is the fact that people are starting to lose interest in the book because he was being repetitive in the Metal Virus arc, just like he had been doing the Mechaselli arc. And you want to know what the repetitiveness was in that? I've said it before, I'll say it again. It was rinse and repeat. Tails, Amy, and Sonic tracking down Sally, finding her, fighting her. She escapes, rinse and repeat. That's all it was. That's all it was. And, and you know what? And you know what's crazy about this? You know what his initial solution was for Sally being restored? It was a, it, it was a plant that we had not seen since the initial issue of the book, the very first issue of the book. It was the Grazud that was going to be the way she got restored. That was his initial idea. But he couldn't go through with that because he didn't think things through or he didn't think to ask, you know, if anything was up that he should know about before continuing on. Now, thankfully, and Dylan mentioned this to me in the live chat, thankfully, there are people out there that are doing their best on a yearly basis to try to rectify basically what was taken away from us and correct things as they should be and not continuously drag them on. And that's Archie Sonic Online. And I'll be honest with you. Archie Sonic Online did a better job at restoring Sally to normal and dealing with the after effects she's got, and basically having her, I should say, dealing with the after effects than what Ian Flynn was doing initially. I mean, yeah, I'll give him credit. He had Sally deal with the after effects when she had her memories restored. Give him credit there. But it didn't last too long. Yeah, she had an encouraging talk by Nicole by, to snap her out of it. I'll give him that. Credit where it's due. But what Archie Sonic Online is doing is having Sally deal with all the initial situations. The reactions from all her friends. Ends and them trying to encourage her, hey, you know, you're back to normal. Things are fine. You don't have to worry. We'll help you get through this. They're doing a much better job. They're ex- they're doing what needed to they're doing what Ian Flynn could have originally done <coughs> could have originally done. Could have originally done 
had he basically sought out to ask you know, the higher-ups at Archie Comics what the deal was, if he could still continue on with what's going with his stories initially planned, because if they would, if he would have asked them or asked somebody in the know what was going on, and found and basically find out that oh, this is what's happening from a legal standpoint, Ian Flynn, I think, still could have done what he wanted, wanted, but he also could have basically ended the story a lot sooner instead of dragging it on. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was Ian Flynn, and this is with any job, freelance or legit, freelance or non-freelance, when you work for somebody and you're doing a story arc for them, you should basically have the sense to ask, you know, what you'll be able, what you're able to use, what what or who you're able to use, you know, or basically you should have the sense and know how to ask, you know, what's going on. Like I said, at least ask somebody that's in the know. So that if they tell you, yeah, this is what's going on, and this could potentially, if not will affect your work, then you know what Ian Flynn could have done, as I was trying to say? He could have initially ended the book a lot sooner, rushed it if you had to, or or basically taking the characters that were initially going to be out of the book soon, put them into the story as quickly as possible, get to the ending, and be done with it, and you wouldn't have to deal with the aftermath of the backlash, and you wouldn't have to go down the path you did. I mean, you still could have done it, but you could have found another way of doing it. And, and, and again, on top of that, you basically take a very much beloved character, a group of characters, and you basically put them, to, and, and you basically demolish them. You job them, as an old wrestling term is. You job them out all because, oh, well, we're just doing this. I'm just doing this because I want to give them a fresh new look, a fresh new coat of paint, a new beginning. I want people that are starting to lose interest in them to regain that interest and see why they're so popular or why they're so beloved. You still could have done that, but done it in a way that made more sense. It's just it just baffles me when I look back ten years now. It just baffles me that this all began with a celebration of Sonic's twentieth anniversary overall of the franchise. That this all began celebrating two hundred and twenty five issues of the run on Archie Sonic uh, or the run on with Archie Archie Comics. And this could have easily been told, easily conveyed, and easily wrapped up within the span of four to eight issues on both sides, with a total of eight to 16 issues combined between both comics. Not two years. Because that doesn't make sense. Because all you did in those two years was rinse and repeat in the main comic mainly, but also at times in universe was rinse and repeat. 
And the thing is, you take a, a beloved character like Sally. You have her sacrifice herself to robotization. Something that she would not do unless she knew she was going to keep her free will, like let's say in 29, issue 29. She would not do, just so you can prove to people she's not a Mary Sue, Like I said, just so you can prove she's not a Mary Sue. And then on top of that, you decide to, as a lot of fans would say, gut her, if you will. You know, and, and by doing so, not only do you gut her, put in and basically weaponize her, put a laser cannon in her head, put you know what what is it, uh, laser swords, laser blades in her armor. Put a power ring in her back to basically charge her up, but also modify it, which I've never heard of and never, you know, never saw take place in the comic, to prevent her from having her free will. Which, oh, by the way, I will give credit to, you know, to the characterization of a character like Sally. That, oh, by the way, you know, she is the kind that just like Sonic and Tails and Bunny can overcome even that to get the free will back. I'll give him credit there. You basically say the modified power ring is going to power her up, but make sure she doesn't have a free will. To me, that that is the dumbest the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Dumbest. It's, and, and you know what's funny? I think even, even Flynn knew it was dumb. Oh, I'm going to have Eggman say the power ring's modified. That way she can't get her free will. Well, okay. Was it me? Correct me if I'm wrong. But in the issue when she went to go attack her brother at his village and she looked out the window after he escaped, could she have not gone after him? Yeah, she could have. But she did. She looked at that window and looked like she had a somber look on her face, like, you know, she didn't want to do it. Oh, you know what that? You know what that seemed to me like? She was going on. It's like, oh, I don't know. She was regaining her free will. That's why I think Ian Flynn knew that what he wrote initially for Eggman was bullcrap on that part. It was bullcrap, and he knows it. It's like, it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't fathom all that. And, and then, and then you really want to assassinate a character. Bunny walks away and wants to willingly, as I guess we'll find out more in the Archie Sonic Online continuation of Sonic Universe, willingly get herself cybernetic roboticized, if you will, by her Uncle Beauregard because she feels powerless without him? Wasn't the initial idea for her character originally that she wanted to be de-roboticized? And now she feels like she can't do anything without him? Where did that come from? 
All because Antron got put into a coma, which, oh, by the way, initially Antron was supposed to die from? Ten years later, it still don't make sense. Ten years later, and it still doesn't make freaking sense. And, and you kept this going on for a year and a half. A year and a half. In the main book. And then you took four to six issues of Universe, the spinoff. And combined, you've got nearly two years. It it still does, it still, it still doesn't make sense to me. Again, I know I'm harping on this a lot, but all the other books that are made by other publishers, X Men, Spider Man, Avengers, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Justice League. When they do long arcs, they don't do them for a year and a half. They do them for like four to six issues, and within that four to six issues. They get what they need to cross. They do. And if they have to split them, and if it is a long arc, then they have to split it, if you will, amongst other separate issues. Guess what? At least in those separate issues of other characters, based around other characters or teams, they're able to convey a story that makes sense. This This, this this is this is stupid. I mean, again, I get Ian Flynn wanted to make a magnum opus of his own because he saw what Ken Penders did with Endgame. But this is not the initial way you do it. It isn't. And you know, that's a good question that somebody brought up online in the live chat. Why didn't they have in story? Why wasn't Rotor able to make money a, an Iron Woman suit of her own? I mean, you think that would be the one thing she would go to Rotor about? Rotor and Nicole about? Hey, can you make me a suit just like you made for yourself so I wouldn't feel useless in battle? Or powerless in battle? I mean, come on, seriously. Seriously, I did. It just doesn't make any sense. And again, Bunny is not the kind to walk away from a fight. Ian Flynn's initial way of breaking down the characters and trying to you'll drag them through the mud, job them out, whatever the case may be, just so in the end they bounce back and they have this new fresh outlook on life, life and everything. They have this new makeover and everything. You could have conveyed it a lot better. You could have conveyed it a lot better than what you initially did. But you didn't. You didn't convey it a lot better. What did you end up doing, Ian? You potentially had a good story on your hand. And in the end, you ended up screwing it up. Because one, you were becoming repetitive, and two, you weren't doing the most sensible thing. And I say this with all due respect, man. All due respect for you. You weren't doing the one thing that you should have done. And that's check with those in charge or check with those that are in the know about what was going on. 
so that you would have a better clue as to what you could do and what you couldn't do and who you could use and what you couldn't use and who you couldn't use. So to me, in the in the end, so to me, it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. But in the end, guys, what are we going to do? In the end, what are we going to do? Thankfully, like some people said, Archie Sonic Online, groups like them are picking up the slack to kind of rectify what was screwed up initially. And they're doing it in a way that I believe feels like it's a true continuation of the book. I really do. Of what was initially going to be, but improved on. I truly believe what they're doing is a lot better than I think Ian Flynn initially had planned out. So, Ian, I'll say this. I give you all the credit in the world for trying to bounce back with this. I give you credit there. But if you want to know why people were losing interest in the Metal Virus Saga, you had to look no further, you know, no further, you had to look no further back than what you did with the Mechaseli arc. Because that there is when they started to lose interest in anything you were doing, because just like with the Metal Valerius arc at most times, you were becoming repetitive. And that's something that you need to make sure you don't do. Even Evan Stanley doesn't repeat. And he's wanted the truth, check out some of her stories now. She's not repetitive. But yeah, 10 years later, and you know, still talking about it, <coughs> still talking about it and everything. It still gets under my skin as well as it gets under everybody else's. And look, if you like the, the arc, more power to you. If you felt it was something that was needed, more power to you. But honestly, though, when you really think about it, behind the scenes, and fate, behind the scenes and everything, and even, you know, reading-wise and story-wise, it had its potential, but in the end, it dropped off, and it didn't need to do that. It could have been better. It could have been conveyed better. It could have been told better. And when you really think about it, 10 years later, four to eight issues at most on both sides was a combat, com, uh, com, uh Combined number of 8 to 16 issues between both would have been enough, in my opinion, to convey what you wanted to get across with a Mechasally arc. It really could have. So that's initially all I really wanted to say, guys. But, yeah, it's hard to believe that this all initially began 10 years ago next month. So I just wanted to come on here, guys, and – you know, get that off my chest, kind of let you guys know about, you know, the fact that this whole thing started 10 years ago next month. So anyway, though, thank you all for joining me in this live chat on this live stream. Looking back at the fact that it's been almost 10, it's going to be 10 years next month. This is all initially started. Let me know what your thoughts are. For those of you that didn't join me in the live during this live stream, let me know what your thoughts are. Thank you to those that did join me in the live chat. Really appreciate it. Check me out, guys, at B.W. Rose's Discussions, where you will find an MP3 audio version of this when it's all said and done as well. And you can find B.W. Rose's Discussions at your favorite podcast locations from 
Spotify, from Stitcher, from Amazon Music, from po- Apple Podcasts, iTunes, to Radio Public, Player.fm, and hopefully down the line, Pandora. I'm still working on that. But you can find me on most of the other ones I just mentioned. As well as check out my Patreon.com, BW Rosas. $1 tier gets you shout-out recognition. $3 tier gets you shout-out recognition and exclusive video content you can only get at the Patreon, uh, at my Patreon, as well as for a limited time at DeviantArt.com BV, under BVW1979. But the catch on that is you have to have a DeviantArt account and set to the mature settings. So check me out there as well. Also check out Brian's discussions here, my other channel. Really appreciate it. And until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. God bless. Take care. Have a good weekend. Get vaccinated if you can. Stay safe. Stay well. And I am out. Again, thank you all for joining me. And peace. That's all I'm going to say.